Thank you for tuning in to Remodeling Mastery by Mark Richardson. Brought to you by Surefire Social. For more advice, tips, and strategy on small business marketing, visit surefiresocial.com forward slash podcast. Hi, I'm Mark Richardson, and welcome to Remodeling Mastery. On this segment of Remodeling Mastery, we want to discuss a subject that I think is very, very important to any business that wants to be profitable, and that is how do you determine the right client? Determining the right client, I think, for your business is not just about who you can sell. It's about what clients allow you to make a profit. About 20 years ago, I was at a seminar, and during this seminar, the speaker talked about the number of clients that would not allow you to make a profit. He actually said that 18% of remodeling clients will not allow you to make a profit. Well, I thought, needless to say, that was very, very interesting because I knew that there was a certain percentage, but I didn't know it was that many that were certainly out there. So I actually took a little bit of inventory. I went back over the course of the last six months before I was at that seminar and determined that about one out of five clients do not allow you to make a profit. Well, if you look at the math here, and if you're targeting a 10% net profit, and you have one out of every five that will allow you to not make a profit or potentially lose profitability, you're literally dropping it from probably 10% down to about 6%. So the goal here, needless to say, is how do I just eliminate that one out of five? Now, you're never going to eliminate it 100%, but if I can get it to not one out of five, but one out of 20 that won't allow me to make a net profit, my profitability will really soar. So as a result of that, I created a checklist. I created a series of questions that you should ask yourself, ask yourself at the initial meeting with a prospective client, are they the right client for your business? There's 10 of these questions. I encourage you to write them down, listen to the recording again. But more importantly, you've got to validate this theme and assumption for yourself. Go back, as I did, over the course of the last six months and look at those clients that allowed you to make a profit versus not. But more importantly, go down through these list of 10 questions and ask yourself on those people, on those clients that did not allow you to make a profit, how many of the questions was the answer no? The basic rule of thumb here is if the answer as you've determined it is no, you should not proceed with that particular client in terms of engaging yourself either in a design process or even further in a contracting process with a client. So the first question, number one, is do they have remodeling experience? Now, needless to say, we all don't have remodeling experience, meaning we haven't lived through a remodeling project. However, Anybody that you talk to, any profession you talk to, having a client understand what it's like to live through noise and dust and that activity of having someone else in your home is very, very important to have realistic expectations.
So while you certainly don't necessarily want to discount that client, you want to go overboard educating them to what it's like to live through. Because the last thing is that you want your remodeling contracting experience to be an experiment for them, a pilot, a first time. Because if, in fact, they don't understand what it's like to live through the remodeling project, chances are it's not going to go well. The second question I'd encourage you to ask yourself is, are they honest? Now, this seems maybe, how would I know if someone's honest? Listen for the cues. If they've talked about a situation that they took advantage of a contractor or a designer or an architect, they talked about sort of a situation where they didn't want to necessarily get a permit or do things properly. Those are little indicators. They're little indicators that this person may not be quite as honest. And most importantly, how are they going to treat you if something doesn't go perfectly? The third question I want you to think about is, are they trusting? Are they trusting? You know, a remodeling experience and a contracting experience in remodeling, it's got to be a trusting one. Do they really trust you? Do they trust the company? Do they trust your team, your trade contractors? Do they trust? Because if they don't trust, chances are they're going to be doing a lot of questioning and the project's not going to go very well. So one way you can actually flush this out a little bit earlier on is you might take something from the home from the initial visit. It could be a plat. It could be a sample of some type that clearly you'll get it back to them. But if they don't want to give you something like that, probably they're indicating directly or indirectly that maybe they don't quite trust you yet. So you got to work on that a little bit more. The fourth question is, do they listen? Do they listen to you? You know, if they're constantly interrupting and not hearing what you have to say, maybe this project, maybe it's their nature, maybe it will not go very well. So try to adjust maybe your cadence and your flow and your type of communication. Try to use metaphors and language that will help them to get it. But if they're not listening to what you have to say, then chances are they're not going to value what you do and ultimately maybe they're not the right client. The next question I encourage you to ask yourself is do they respect your professional advice? You know, the reality is you're the doctor, you're the therapist, you're the financial planner. You're going to give them advice in terms of the products and services. Do they respect that advice? Do they follow that advice? Or do they constantly want to do something different? Oh, no, we'd prefer to do this. Oh, no, this is what someone else told us. Oh, no, you know, our brother-in-law said we should be doing this. If they don't respect your advice, chances are they will not be a good client for you. The next question is, will they allow you to control the process? Now, today more than ever, I think that's very, very difficult. Matter of fact, I've done different talks and seminars on controlling the controller. Controlling the client today is especially tricky. So if they don't allow you to have the keys to the car, so to speak, and control the process and do the driving, it's not necessarily go well. Now, if they don't allow you to control the process, that may also be a reflection of your skills and ability to control it. So you might have to take some inventory and work on those skills of controlling the controller if you're going to be successful. The next question that you have to ask, are they 
reasonable and realistic with their expectations. Now, expectations could be wrapped around time. Expectations could be wrapped around budget. Expectations could be wrapped around just being realistic of the availability of different products and services. So are they realistic about their expectations? The seventh question is, are they committed to the project? Now, this sounds, I know, for some of you a little bit odd. Why would they be calling me if they weren't committed to the project? Well, oftentimes you'll have a husband and wife. A wife is very passionate and very driven about a project where the husband, quite frankly, if it doesn't happen, if it drifts away, I'm not really very committed. So it's really critical that you get all the parties involved in the initial process, but also you try to seek out the level of commitment, the level of pain on everyone's part to determine how committed they are. Because if you have a party, either a husband or wife that's not committed to it, and it doesn't necessarily go perfectly, they're, gonna they're not going to necessarily be a very good client for you. The next question I encourage you to ask is, do they communicate well? Now, first and foremost, communication has to happen between the partners, between the husband and wife, or the partners themselves. If you see indications where the communication is not very effective and very well, be a little bit more patient. Try to be a little bit more of a marriage counselor. Try to be a little bit more of a connector in terms of the communication. And if you find that it just isn't going where it needs to go, then probably that's an indicator of a client that will not necessarily allow you to have a successful remodeling experience. And the last one is a little bit more tricky and that is, are they emotionally stable? You need to work with people that are emotionally stable. You need to work with clients that are predictable. They're predictable in terms of when they should be happy or when they should be unhappy about a particular activity or event. Emotional instability is very problematic in terms of creating a profitable and a, a, a delighted client. So ask yourself, if you see those little cues that they really are emotionally unstable, then again, that's probably not a very indicator of success. So in summary, the why behind this is you want to create delighted clients. You want to protect your brand. You want to protect your people. And of course, you want to make a profit. And if you can focus on this checklist of the right clients and focus more on the right clients and not let the negative or the bad clients swim into your net, you're going to be more successful. Take care, everyone. Remodeling Mastery by Mark Richardson was created to help business owners like you grow your business. Learn something new today? Let us know by tweeting at Surefire Social. For more podcasts, visit surefiresocial.com forward slash podcast.